Hello and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. Today, we've got fan favorite Ian Dixon joining us on this cold, miserable, hellish day in the middle of January in sunny Hamtramck, Michigan. How are you doing, man? I'm pretty cold. Pretty cold. Yeah, you drive here, right? You're not. Yes, I drove. You don't. You don't try to bike in the in the slosh. Not in this. No. Remember when we saw that dude on the bike? Like that day, we got like six inches of snow. Yeah, that guy was a trooper, man. <laughs> that poor dude. And he and he was making time though. Yeah. He was he was traveling. He was on a bike, in the middle of the snow-strewn lane. Just on his way. And he definitely did not have a mind for the optimal because, as we all know from school, the quickest path anywhere is a straight line. Yeah. The shortest distance, I should say. Mm -hmm. And this guy was definitely taking the serpentine route. Well, it was probably really hard to go in a straight line through all that stuff. Well, that's true. That's true. It's kind of like a slight incline, too, the way he was going. He said north. Not like real steep, but I'm sure like with you, you four inches it? of snow, it's oh. pretty fucking hard on a bike. Okay. I've never noticed it. And I've always thought of Hamtramck as being completely flat, like a hundred percent. I mean, it's relatively flat, but, but there's a I think steep. the south end tends to flood more when it rains and whatnot. It all falls down. Yeah. You, you know, you ride your bike often, so you know, you well, know all that. When it's nice out, which is like two weeks out of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> used to ride all the way to Scott Cast headquarters. I did, yeah. You know, lock it up up there. Yeah. Come in and Scott Cast. Sometimes I worry about you um, driving here because, mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe we need to, maybe if we really want to make Scott Cast the best it could be at the moment, we got to get absolutely blitzed, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, I do have a, I do have a, I was going to say, you wouldn't let me stay. <laughs> I do have an air mattress. <laughs> and I will let you stay, man. In the morning, you can have pour over coffee to nurse your headache. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got water, sparkly and non-sparkly. I, I've got all sorts of fantastic goodies. All the accommodations. All sorts of fantastic goodies uh, because I went on Meyer.com the other day, mm. and I noticed that they do free shipping now, day of. Yeah, I was like, what? How is that even possible? Well, it's quote unquote free. It turns out you have out, to sign up for a service. You have to sign up for a service, of which there's a free trial, mm. and you have to tip the guy who comes by. Ah, basically. So it's I don't know, like ten, fifteen bucks for a grocery run or something like that. Which you know, here's here. Yeah, what what do you think? I was going to say, that's like one of my least favorite things to do is go grocery shopping. So yeah, it might be worth the, the scratch there. Why is grocery shopping so terrible? It's just, there's always too many people mm-hmm. and they're always right in the way. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it. Like if I could just go to the store, lousy fair, walk and pick things out. Mm-hmm. The thing I always get messed up with is like, I'm bad at making a list. Yeah, that too. I'm going to get it. I always get distracted. Mm-hmm. Don't get the full list, stuff like that. With this service, they can just you just you make the list online, and you can edit it. Mm-hmm. You can take things out of your cart and into your cart at, at will. Yeah. So I was able to make a few lists, 
like I, I pared it down to the bare essentials and I was like, no, this is too expensive. I don't actually need this. All these decisions I wouldn't have made if I was in the grocery store because it would have been, well, it's already in my cart. Right. Got to buy this now. And you're you're not been, like totaling it up in your head before you get to the checkout. Right. Sometimes I used to make a game of it in the grocery store being mm-hmm. like, I bet I can get within a couple bucks of yeah, a couple bucks of what it's going to be. And sometimes I'd win and I'd be able to impress whoever I was with or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I lost and I was looked down in pity and mockery. And I wasn't able to complete the challenge I set forth for myself. Yeah. So, but it was, I got to say, I tried it out and I got the groceries, but... I don't know. It's a little weird. It's a little weird having someone else buy your groceries for you. Yeah. And then bring them in and then eat with you. <laughs> He's staying in the other room right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so it's just so personal. Mm-hmm. Like your groceries. Pizza's and there's certain things like I would want to pick on my own. Like if you order avocados, are they going to come bring you all the mushy shit right. ones? Yeah produce and stuff like that requires yeah. you have to look you have to look at the basket and you have to pick it up and you have to touch it and you have to put it down and you have to pick the next one yeah that's just how it is you don't get that opportunity so yeah i stuck with just plastic shit mm-hmm. shit that was contained it's easy right. to find i didn't bother with the produce i've got a fine produce store next door that i can go day of and get fantastic produce that's how i like to roll these days yeah get the perishables because if you do the the bulk shop from Meyer, it's like you just let it sit in the fridge for a week and then it's no good and right. you're just wasting food. Yeah. But yeah, if you go, I'm going to make this today and you go pick it up fresh, mm-hmm. that's the way to go, man. Yeah. That's the way to be. Just get the shit that doesn't spoil, doesn't rot away in when with, with, the, with the guy showing up to your house and then go and go and venture forth for the fresh items. Mm-hmm. We've got email bag, Ian. Let's hear it. Oh, email bag. Today's email bag uh, comes from Master Charles. And if you want, uh, if you find yourself wanting to be featured on the email bag, be sure to email hot the number four and scottcast at gmail.com or reach out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Links are in the show notes. How'd you like that? That was like a real podcaster. It was. It's very nice. Yeah. Anyways, Master Charles writes in. Uh, referring to our previous episode we had together, Ian, where we um, featured a, a Chuck Tingle mm-hmm. novel. By the way, uh, besides the Master Charles email, we did get feedback on that episode. Yeah. Disappointing. What? That's right. I got hordes of mail saying that episode was disappointing because we went the entire episode being like, here's the literature podcast. This podcast is all about literature. And, and then we didn't talk about anything we've ever read true we just talked about things that we might read later yeah i I, that's a valid criticism yeah like i guess maybe we should have been more like oh we should actually follow through on our plans and prepare for podcasting hey i followed through and so did you (laughs) we were like let's do this podcast on literature and you're like check out this chuck tingle book well, that's just where it led us. It was like uh, a starting point, a launching point. And yeah. then we came up with this other stuff. and That's that's how I like to handle Scott Cass. Yeah. It's just like just a 
little minor seed, and from that seed sprouts greatness. But we somehow got to a bacon tree. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, little bacon tree that yeah. you can, you know, also maybe have relations with. Yeah. Why not? You know, one of probably one of the world's most beloved organisms, if that ever would were to come to be, which is very possible with the CRISPR kit. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm sorry we fucked that up, and that kind of fucks up my plan for Scottcast Stardom. Mm. You see, by trade, I'm I do a lot of SEO work, mm-hmm. a lot of search engine work, and what that means is I go out and I find things people are googling that maybe. Uh, Websites aren't quite delivering on yet. Yeah. You find those little holes and you make the content and you put it out there and then boom, there that's that's the basic essence of SEO work at the very bottom level. Okay. But, you know, it's it's a f- way to get free traffic, free targeted traffic based on a topic. And I was thinking, how can I utilize this skill set for Scottcast? Because I'm trying to I'm trying to consolidate all my effort into one being of excellence. I'm mm. just like, okay, so I'm going to use all my skills. I'm going to do it for work and I'm going to do it for Scottcast. And that's that's just how my life rolls these days. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to look up some SEO terms. Some podcast episodes, topics we should consider, Ian, mm-hmm. include, uh, is, was Salvador Dali gay? Okay. People ask that a lot, but no one really answers it. We will be like, no, and then we'll talk. Okay. Or yes, I don't know the answer to that question. Maybe, and then we'll be. Well, then we'll talk about CRISPR kits. Sure. I've got a. Speaking of CRISPR kits, me and David are going to work on an episode where we talk in detail about CRISPR kits and how CRISPR kits work, and how we might use it to create a dinosaur or perhaps modify human beings themselves. Mm. So that should be fun. Yeah. But anyway, this is the email bag we got from Master Charles. <clears throat> Master Charles writes, I think I warned you about Chuck Tingle back in like episode 12 or something. I'll bring it up again, though. Chuck has a podcast where he has guests and celebrities read excerpts from his stories. You guys should probably try to get a guest spot on that show. I think we could. I think we could. Do you think we should like get a copy of the Raptor Butt trilogy? Uh, and then like, you know, just make a little audio book, little excerpts. Yeah, why not? I am... Really pleased that Master Charles not only knows of Chuck Tingle, but knows like enough to have partaken in his podcast. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a Chuck Tingle fan. He loves a good tingler. <laughs> I need to look this up right now. I need to listen to this thing. What's the thing? This podcast. Gotta see what it's like. Chuck Tingle. We gotta see if it makes it sense called? for us. I don't know. Tinglers, Tinglers, Chuck Tingler, the Tingle Cast. I'm not sure what it's called. <laughs> it's called "Pounded in the Butt" by my own podcast with Chuck Tingle. Okay. Points for originality. <laughs> Following that, subscribe. Doctor Chuck Tingle, thank you. That's right. So now. Do you have a? Do you think you're gonna have a better, more favorite podcast than Scottcast? I don't know. We'll have to see. Chuck Tingler's team. I am pretty pounded. excited about it. You're pretty excited about getting pounded in the butt by your own podcast, Chuck Tingle. I think so. Yeah. Me too. We gotta plan that, man. We'll we'll get in there, Master Charles. We'll 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 
we'll feature on Chuck Jingles podcast, so you can have a double Scott cast dose one week. You know, yeah. We just got we just got to own our like reading voices. You know, all 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 that requires is getting really close to the mic. Oh, we should do more of that ASMR with Chuck Tingle stuff. We should. Oh, Chuck Tingle ASMR would be fantastic. It's going to be a long year for you up here, my fellow astronaut, Officer Pike says. You think you're ready for it? Ready as I'll ever be, I tell him with a slight smile. I lean back in my chair and watch as Pike continues to pack his bags, preparing for his launch home that looms just a few hours away. Lucky bastard. Space can get a little strange, Pike tells me. People can start seeing things. Anyway, just take care of yourself. No, no, it's, it starts kind of slowly. Yeah. It kind of has this sci-fi, like, uh, calm before the danger arrives. Didn't feel. expect there to actually be a story. That's I think what one of the, the uh, reviewers said, right? Yeah. <coughs> I expected, like, immediate butt invasion. <laughs> Like I was on a spaceship when all of a sudden a raptor astronaut came in and and made his way to salvation using my body. <clears throat> that should be the episode title. Made his way to salvation using my body. Yeah. I don't know. My mom might not like that. Well. My family listens to this podcast once in a while. I'm surprised they're yeah, still on board. We've done some pretty raunchy stuff. Yeah, I mean it really it's just Made me love my family more, you know, <laughs> because I haven't gotten any flack from them about anything I've said. Yeah. I just know that, like, my sister will listen when she's not around her kids. Mm-hmm. And and my mom, she says she'll listen once in a while, and she's never had a thing to say about my podcasting yeah. topics. Well, she's been featured on the cast. So she's, yeah, she's been featured, a- yeah. Maybe that was smart in my book, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like. Look, I know she might not like Skycast, but if she's, uh, you know, a special guest contributor once in a while, right? It's it's her thing too, and that ownership will make her want to see the best in it. This is some Forty Eight Laws of Power shit. <laughs> this is some Robert Greene, the modern day Machiavelli mm. kind of stuff. If you subscribe to podcasts for laughs and giggles and you came out learning how to be a more powerful individual, uh, what can I say? You're welcome. So that was email bag. Yeah. That was a good email bag. I enjoyed it. I appreciate it. Always um, like when Master Charles writes in. Yeah. I'm surprised he's hanging on still, too. He's still hanging on, man. Like he, Super fan number one. He keeps up. Like, I was... Like I think once in a while I like to, I like to keep him watching by going on his Twitch TV stream, mm. throwing some comments his way. You know, broadcaster support to broadcaster support, kind of thing. Just showing the love. I've got a few Twitch accounts now. Really? Yeah, I've got one that's just Scott. I got one that's named after Scott Cast. That's it. I don't know why I made two, actually. I think I forgot I had one mm. when I made the other one. I feel like an old man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can't keep up with these newfangled apps. Too many apps. I want less apps. That's right. I think it's about time for us to... 
as a generation move to a less app mentality you know mm -hmm. like the baby boomers right they look at computers and 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 they're always doing the weird the squinty thing and mm -hmm. holding it at arm's length and poking at it like like one poke at a time mm -hmm. you know I don't, I don't think we're destined for that no i think we're destined for more like i understand technology and i choose to put it to the side yeah instead of instead of doing the squinty i think that's kind of where we're at yeah because millennials yeah because I've chosen not to follow the infinite pool of Facebook. Mm -hmm. And so far, so good. It's been fantastic. And I took a break from Reddit for a while. But then I got back on with a vengeance. Mm -hmm. And now I'm following all sorts of stuff. Mostly for ScottCast, though. It's all about ScottCast topics generating. We've got a few coming up soon that we're going to comment on. Okay. But uh, for the most part. I'm straying away from the digital lifestyle. You were texting me earlier, and you were saying how you're jealous of David's science knowledge. Yeah, a little bit. Why are you so jealous? Uh, I just wish that I could uh, provide more factual commentary. I'm more like, we'll come up with a topic, and I'll kind of uh, just reframe to completely screw everything we've been talking about most of the time. Is that your goal? You try to... No, that's just my style. I think that's kind of how how our casts go. Like, I don't even remember how we get to a lot of the things we get to, but I think it's like, you'll posit something and I'll be like, well, what if this? And then we come up with some absurd shit like an underground society. Yeah. And that's where Scott Cast gets <laughs> its bread and butter, you know? Not from the Meyer shipping guy, Yeah, but from the way you handle these topics, man. You laterally think. I mean, David doesn't do that. Well, yeah. I guess, uh, I don't know, David's more utilitarian than I am. Okay. It's like I, I, we kind of come up with fun ideas, but the plausibility of those things and uh, whether those would actually help me in any way in my life would are questionable. Say what you will. All of our ideas have been gold. I mean, if we could somehow manufacture a bacon tree... Like, that's a great fucking idea. It really is. <laughs> and we do have the technology, man. That's the gold in this podcast is like, we're talking about things that can actually happen mm -hmm. and probably will happen in our lifetimes. We're mm -hmm. just, this is just the running log of two people who could have invented all this stuff. Yeah. But uh, we're too cool for school and mm -hmm. didn't instead have a podcast that now people reflect on in history being like, look at these people. They invented the pig tree before Oscar Wire Wiener did. Yeah. Oscar Meyer Orchards, they're going to call it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that's valuable. That's mm. part of what makes Scott Cass so great, you know? Like, I try to get some advice questions in, but, mm -hmm. you know, the world doesn't need advice today. But I did come up with a fantastic segment idea. Okay. And I feel like listeners near and far, please heed. Uh, we need topics. We need advice. Well, we need you to want advice from Ian and me. And we're going to call this segment the good, bad advice segment. You know, because Ian gives good advice and I make that advice bad. 
So we give good, bad advice, you know. And so just email hotforscottcast at gmail.com with uh, anonymous, non-anonymous, whatever you want, please for help. And we will answer your pleas as we see fit on our own podcast schedule. So please don't make it too urgent. Kyle's fucking around. He's catching some fake-ass mice over on the other side of the apartment. It's yeah. distracting Ian from, 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 from the podcast. I'm easily distracted by cats. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm easily distracted today, man. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just what happens when I get my code brain going mm-hmm. because I I kind of delve into my project and I'm like, okay, this is fucked up. Now I got to go fix this. Okay, now this is fucked up. Now I got to go fix this. Mm-hmm. Coding is like, okay, I've got this goal. Now I'm going to put out a million fires on my way to this goal. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be it. Yeah. Um. So my brain works that way at times. Yeah. I think that's why I don't paint anymore. You used to paint? Yeah. What did you paint? Oh well you did paint the Wonder Wonder Bar. Was that like your last painting? The Bratzi probably was, yeah. Really? Yeah. But you used to paint We were gonna do one for you for Christmas, but we didn't have time. I get it. It's okay. But we're it's still in the works. I don't it's gonna be brilliant, but I don't think you'll understand the reference. That's exactly the kind of <laughs> gift I like for me, Ian. <laughs> this is brilliant. You just don't get it, Scott. <laughs> Can you give me a clue in like the theme, like the theme vertical here? I think Sabelle will know it. Okay. So something Sabelle would know that Scott wouldn't know. You it's, might know it. It's nothing to do with Jurassic Park then. No. It's actually, it, I think you'll like it because it's about you. It's about me. Yeah. Wait, it's. It'll it, be sort of. It's like a quirk of mine. It'll be kind of an ego, like an ego stroke. Oh, okay. So it's going to make me look good. Well, it's also a reference to something else that you probably don't remember. Oh. Was this a, a New Year's Eve thing I did while I was a... Uh... No. It was prior to that. Okay. Dang it. I don't remember much about New Year's Eve. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I woke up and my mouth tasted like campfire because I had a lot of scotch. Right. Yeah, I woke up like 24 hours later, <laughs> splitting headache and a cold to boot. Nice. I think that I think one of the guests invited, not me or Sabal or you or Bronwyn. Mm. <laughs> and I think the other people had a, had some sort of cold that they were flinging about all day. Mm. Diseased people. Well, I mean, these things happen. I think if you're, I think you have a cold, uh, it should be like by law that you get quarantined. Mm. And, and, and like, I don't know, we'll send a Meyer guy with cold soup to you because it's such a pain in the ass when you get a cold. And like when men get colds, it's the worst. Mm-hmm. The, they call it the proverbial man cold where you're literally stricken down. And feeble for weeks on end. Yeah. With nothing but pain and misery accompanying your every thought. Mm-hmm. So you just stay home if you have the cold. Yeah. Don't be spreading that shit. No one cares about your company enough to deal with that. Kyle, goddammit. <laughs> Scratching recliners. He's just doing what cats do, man. Yeah. Goddamn Kyle. Well, we've talked about a little bit 
about my, you know, mm. shopping exploits and how I'm kind of going away from shopping. Yeah. But let's look at some let's look at some news of people who decided to venture out and go shopping. Here's something that's good for Scott Cast City, right? Mm-hmm. Costco is selling a 27 pound bucket of mac and cheese with a 20 year shelf life. That is fantastic. <laughs> Like you could eat a pound of mac and cheese from this thing a year mm-hmm. and you will have seven pounds left that has expired <laughs> in two decades. Like, who is this for? Underground bunkers, right? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Okay, 27 pounds is equivalent to 100 baseballs, half a bale of hay, or a three-year-old child. Why are they comparing children... To mac and cheese in this article. This is a people.com article, so this is some real shit. You'd think they'd pay their writers more than that. I don't know. Or Americans aren't very good at uh, weights and measures, I guess. We need practical How many, many three-year-old childs is that? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's 100 pounds. Stop talking your fucking gibberish. How many children is that equal? Don't tell me about kilograms. How many three-year-olds? <laughs> Get <laughs> out of here with that metric system shit. Tell me something I understand. This is America. <laughs> Good Lord. It comes in a six-gallon container with separate pouches of elbow pasta and cheddar cheese sauce. And then the tub sells for $90, which means you're paying about 50 cents per serving. Okay. Not too bad. You can live off of this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so okay. Wait a minute. If it's fifty cents per serving and it's ninety dollars, is that actually more than like your standard craft mac and cheese? I feel like that's like less than a dollar a package, and there's at least two servings in there. I think I think like a standard is like yeah, it's two and a half servings or something like that. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of mac and cheese. It like comes out to be like twelve hundred calories mm-hmm. when you when you do the box or something like that. What happens with this is you buy a 20, you buy that 60 gallon or whatever the fuck uh, bucket of mac and cheese Mm -hmm. and you can literally sustain yourself calorically for 60 days straight on $90 of food that was purchased. Yeah. You know, all you have to do is eat mac and cheese for two months straight, three months straight, actually. Do the math right. Yeah. No, wait, two months straight. 60 days. 60 days. I thought I said 90 days. But it's 90 pounds. Yeah. So 60, so like, would you, what's the longest, what kind of food would you be able to eat every day for two months straight? It'd be totally fine. Hmm. So if you had like a deal like that, where it was like 50 cents, so you could just save so much money, all you have to do is eat the same thing for a couple months. Hmm. I think tacos are for me. It would have to be something with a little more nutritional variety than mac and cheese. <clears throat> what does mac and cheese even have? It's got it's got fat, fat and carbs and carbs, and that's about it. Sugar probably. Well, carbs are sugars, right? But like, that's, that's kind of it. I mean, there's proteins, I guess, in the the milk product, the the cheese stuffs. You know what would be great for Ian's cult kitchen if we made. Uh, mac and cheese 60 times for 60 different episodes Mm -hmm. from this uh, barrel of mac and cheese. And like, 
starting out, we're just like mildly enthusiastic about it. Like, oh, it's not so bad. Mm-hmm. And then by the 60th episode, like we're dying. There's IVs hooked up to us. Mm-hmm. We're like having heart attacks every other hour. There's people on staff. I mean, that would be a great show to watch, don't you think? People eating mac and cheese for like 30 hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's also like that degradation of somebody, you know? People love a good uh, story that shows like uh, like the fall of someone, like yeah. Breaking Bad. It would be like the Breaking Bad of mac and cheese videos. Yeah. I feel like the repetitiveness of it would be a problem. Like you would want to condense it. You would have like one minute episodes so you could watch it over the course of like an hour. Yeah. Us wasting away. Yeah. Like, so, okay. Like between a minute. That would still be pretty boring. Just watching us eat mac and cheese for an hour. Yeah. No. Well, I don't know. Because by like the 37th minute into it, (laughs) 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 like you'll be able to see. Then you see the drama. There's a lot of drama that starts to happen. Yeah. For sure. And like, if you understand the premise right away, like, okay, I'm going to watch, I'm going to speed watch basically people. Uh, subject themselves to a diet of pure mac and cheese for two months. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get to watch this over the course of an hour. I feel like that would really do well on like a Netflix, on a Hulu. History Channel would do that. Yeah. A Discovery Channel. Discovery Health. It's <laughs> <laughs> basically what the mm-hmm. Super Size Me documentary was. Yeah, basically. But Wasn't I mean, there was, there was more more to it. Right. Well, I guess we could try to do an expose or something along with it, mm-hmm. maybe. But I don't know. I don't know if I want to expose the cheese mac and cheese barons of the world. Mm-hmm. They're bringing us so much joy for so little. Yeah, I don't have any problem with the mac and cheese folk. Right. I mean, if if you were eating McDonald's, if you if you had a McDonald's meal for fifty cents a day, a meal, mm-hmm. you know, you would of course you would subject yourself to the health detriments, you know, for that cost benefit. Yeah, you know, it's fairly reasonably good ratio, but no, it's like five bucks. I went to go get a, one of those crazy chicken meals at McDonald's, mm-hmm. and it's like it, you get just chicken nuggets, but it costs like nine dollars. That's terrible. It's like, what the fuck am I at McDonald's for if I'm spending nine dollars? Yeah, you know, I went and got uh, checkers for lunch the other day. Boy, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's really hard to find quality I fast kinda, food. Yeah, forgot how bad it was because I haven't had fast food in a while. But it's you have to you have to find the person in your life who's slovenly enough to eat fast food regularly enough mm-hmm. in order to identify both the good restaurants and the good meals at the restaurants. Mm-hmm. Some restaurants do different things differently. You know, you think it would be all franchised out with a with a robot making all the decisions yeah it's not quite the case yet there's still places that are better to get certain meals like i've already covered before there's a number six from wendy's just across the street there in woodward Mm -hmm. that always serves top excellence damn it kyle (laughs) (laughs) stop with your damn interruptions you animal what are you doing what are we picking up? We're picking up something. <laughs> Let's try to listen. He's taking calls. David. David. 
<laughs> well, that's interesting. It sounds like radio. Yeah. Because the only radio people take calls. We're picking up a radio station with our thing somehow. Do you have fillings? Yes. I have fillings too. Maybe we're creating a radio receiver between us. Maybe. By standing next to mics and like with all this wiring going on, we're beaming some sort of a radio station directly to us. Yeah, that's some boring ass radio station right there. <laughs> hmm. Fuck. Now I just want to listen to their show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. God damn. I'm going to grab another booze. Grab another booze. I'm going to load up another article here. we got some more life-changing to do for our Scott Castigators. Okay, so here's somebody who's a little bit more after our hearts. Woman banned from Walmart after riding cart while drinking wine from a Pringles can, police say. In Wichita Falls, Kansas. No, Kansas. No, no. Texas. Texas. Police were called to a Texas Walmart after a woman was reportedly drinking wine from a Pringles can and riding an electric cart in the parking lot. You can't drink and drive an electric cart, apparently. It's not a public street, though. Yeah, and it's and I don't, are those carts uh, subject to the laws know. of the road? I know you can get uh, you can get a DUI on a bike, like a bicycle. You can technically. Yeah. You looked that up after <laughs> 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 after we invented the the Camelback thing, the Camelback liquor, mm-hmm. the liquor back. <laughs> Holy crap! The caller said that the woman had been riding around the store's parking lots at 6.30 a.m. drinking wine from the potato chip can. Yeah. That's an interesting choice of everything. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's my problem with this article is it just left me with so many questions. Right. I sent you a follow-up article while I was uh, sending some stuff off for work while we were waiting, but like, did that sum up anything for you? Did that give you any... No. Clarification, just more questions. It was, uh, it was more an emotional reaction of the writer to the story. Like she's like, that, like the writer. He, like, he repeated the story. Okay. That she was riding around in the cart at 6.30 drinking wine out of a Pringles can. Later was uh, told that she was not allowed at Walmart anymore once she was off the property already. Um, and he, he just was like, this woman is amazing. And we should all aspire to such heights of trashdom. Okay. So at 6.30, you are at (laughs) Walmart. 6.30 in the morning, you are in the Walmart parking lot Mm -hmm. with your Pringles can full of wine and electric cart, stirring up ire of enough people to call the cops. Yeah. At 6.30. I don't know about you. But I don't have nearly enough energy to get up early enough to accomplish that. This person—that's the thing. This is like this was a plan. Yeah. And why? With so many beautiful little details. Yeah. Pringles can. Do you think Sam Neil ever drinks two paddocks with a hint of potato chip? <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. <coughs> you gotta love this Pinot Noir because Pinot Noir bears the best with crumbs of Pringle crisps. <laughs> That's my terrible Sam Neill impression. Oh, damn. I need a cigarette <laughs> for that to work. So, what do you, do you do? You get any heroic qualities from somebody who's just given up on the regular rules and things of life enough? There's kind of an anti-hero quality to it, yeah. Yeah, I could I see that. Appreciate the the Bukowskis of the world. We need. Is she in this class of people um, yeah, with Bukowski? That, I could see that. Yeah. So you can imagine, like, there's like there's some beautiful poem summing up this event. Like, yes, it was six. In the morning, for I was mourning with my Pringle kip, chips held high in the air, spilling wine. Because I can't imagine that a Pringles can. I thought, I'm I th- surprised it would hold liquid. Yeah, yeah, it would sog up. Yeah. So, like, not only was she at this thing at 6.30, but she couldn't have been drinking from the wine for too long in the Pringles can. She must have been sucking them down, like distilling from a box. Mm, that's true. <laughs> Box to canned. <laughs> she's not a she's not a fucking barbarian. She's going to drink out of the Pringles can, not straight from the bag, right? <laughs> don't criticize what you don't understand. And that's basically what this decanting is. from the box. I'm sorry. De- I said distilling. That would be different. All right, but decanting's even better. Yeah. Cuz you're decanting into a can. Precisely. I love it. I love it. So this is what people are doing at Meyer and Walmart and the various places, Costco, they're going. They're getting the 20, 90 pound, $90 uh, tub of mac and cheese, which I am highly considering. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 60 days worth of mac and cheese. I'm talking three square a day. Yeah. And then we got this lady. Like, I feel like I can afford wine, a cart. And and waking up early, if I have the time and energy from, you know, getting my groceries shipped in. Mm-hmm. I have enough time and energy to wake up early enough to go to Walmart with my delivery boxed wine, mm-hmm. et cetera. But why? You know, that's, that's the question that I feel like the Bukowskis of the world would sneer at. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you mean, why? Why you, they would say. <laughs> Why do what you do, Ian Dixon? Yeah. Why do you toe in line? Do you ever ask that? Ask yourself that? Like, why aren't you just some wild man? Mm-hmm. Uh, like with a motorcycle, just driving off in the distance, you know, not yeah. a care in the world, not an address. You ever think that way? Sometimes. Embrace the nomadic lifestyle. Yeah. Join a gang, fall in love, but like not in a good way. yeah uh i don't know i guess i'm uh not that exciting so so you do feel this way once in a while and you suppress it or this doesn't even come up like well i satisfied um, with your life i have some i don't know if i call it guilt i have some some discomfort with uh being a part of a system that i disapprove of Okay. If that makes sense. So you feel like a cog in a system? Yeah. Kind of thing? A cog in a system you don't like? Yeah. But 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 you've somehow 
but the system is beyond me. I can't fix it. Right. You don't have any plans, so at least. I have to exist within it, whether that's uh, as a piece that assists it with its operations or uh, is against its operations. Are you like a change from within kind of guy? You're like a commissioner. You're that's like the, the commissioner. Plan, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Little incremental changes over time, just like evolution. <laughs> <laughs> It would, yeah. See, that's I what, guess like from an ethical standpoint, like yeah, is is the antihero better because they're uh, opposed to the system and they're like literally not uh, participating in it in the the system that is unethical and uh, whatever? Or do you? Yeah, but you can't change it from that way. You're like you're distancing yourself from it, secluding yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like the yeah. counterculture is never going to change the culture. Exactly. Yeah, like this person with their hand in the air and their Pringle wine. Mm -hmm. I mean, as much as a hero, it is. I appreciate the the fu to all of all of the rest of us because right, we're we're doing things that we need to know that that spirit is still yeah. an alternative. It's nice to know. Yeah, it's nice to know that that is a thing that one can do and that. No, all those bounds and and rules you set up for yourselves, those checklists, those uh, those expected behaviors and little mm -hmm. rote, little uh, mechanical, automatic behaviors you have in certain areas. It's just, I mean, they're just what it is. It's just little rules you wrote for yourself to make living kind of easier. But yeah. it's totally possible to just pour your wine into that Pringles can. You add those Pringles, and now you're thirsty. <laughs> that's totally an option yeah yeah and like it's good to be reminded of that it is without having to destroy everything in your life in the process <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your noble sacrifice um lady although if i, I don't know like she can't go to Walmart, but like what other repercussions were there? Like maybe yeah. that's good. Maybe, you know what? If I ever get to the point I, where I'm like against Walmart. I mean, I don't really want to go to Walmart ever. Right. Like if you want to take a stand against Walmart, this is how you do it. <laughs> you know, don't, don't protest with your little sign and your little, I'm not against, or the small businesses. I don't know. I don't know anything about those economies, but if you want to protest Walmart for whatever reason, do it the best way possible. Vote with your wallet. Vote by making Walmart spend money creating a system that bans you <laughs> <laughs> from spending money at their store. Yes. That's right. Like you could just not go to that store and call that a boycott, but eh, that's not good enough for for people like 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 our hero. People like our hero will go a step further and make Walmart go on record as against the freewheeling people of America. That's right. That's that's that right there is proof enough that Walmart wants you to conform. It doesn't want you to express yourself. That's right. Because there's nothing that's there's nothing wrong from drinking from a Pringles can. It's a suitable container, apparently. You know. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with driving an electric cart. 
with an eye for joy rather than simple transportation. That's that's a pure that's a pure desire. And why not do it in the Walmart parking lot at six thirty in the morning? That's when all the cars are gone. Yeah. That's that, actually a really responsible choice. Yeah, just do it in the do it when nobody's around. Like who's who, who's the nosy neighbor calling her in on it? <laughs> I bet she'd used to do this every weekday. Really, they're just reporting on this one. Yeah, but like this is just how she got her day started. <clears throat> her rabble rousing days. Mm-hmm. She would start every morning with a little bit of meditation, watch the sunrise, get up, get in her electric car with her Pringles, <laughs> <laughs> carve some carve some sweet uh, figure eights. Yeah, in the parking lot with the little rubber wheels. This is the hero the world needs. Scott Cast needs. That's right. One hand waving free, the other hand grasping a Pringles can. While we're talking about good news mm-hmm. and hopeful news. Because I like to talk about the good news. Yeah. And the hopeful news. You know, it, there's no... The, the media likes to prey on our desire to see bad things because mm-hmm. evolutionarily that's how we exist. We pay attention to the bad things. But it's too much. Yeah. It's too much now. It's it's just diving in on a reflex. I like to see the good things. Like this. Doctors saved man's life. So far, so good. By pumping 15 cans of beer into his body. In. Yes. Into his body. They were like, this man needs beer stat. <laughs> and they saved his life. How much beer? A lot of beer. When's the last time you drank 15 beers? New Year's? Uh, I don't know that that's ever happened. Not in one day. That's a lot of beers. It is a lot of beers. You know? I remember being under 21, and they would say, they, w- they would have health classes, like mm-hmm. in high school, about drinking and stuff like that. Yeah. And it would be like this sobering documentary where, where they're talking about things people do when they turn 21. And like mm-hmm. one of the things people do is they go out and they drink 21 shots. Yeah, that's not a good idea. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. And like, but before that, before all that happened, mm-hmm. before I turned 21 and started drinking myself, mm-hmm. I had no idea that was insane. 21 drinks, 21 ounces. Shit, I drink 20 ounces of Coke every day. And people say Coke's worse than you than hard liquor. So clearly that's not a big deal. Have I ever talked about on ScottCast the first alcohol experience I've had? Not that I recall, no. No? Well, here's a good story. It kind of ended the same way. Mm -hmm. 15 cans of beer pumped into my body. Uh, But I watched Get Him to the Greek before I turned 20. And before I I, uh, drank ever, I was never never an underage drinker. Mm -hmm. I would always... Be like, I'm waiting until I'm 21 because I'm just, I just don't want to deal with it. I was a loner as a kid and I didn't care for going out to parties or anything like that. Yeah. Wasn't in around the crowds that typically did it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I never had a drink until I turned 21. But what I wanted for my 21st birthday and for what my parents got me because they're so sweet mm-hmm. was absinthe. Oh. Yeah. And I got a bottle Good of absinthe. to start. Yeah, that's always been my mentality. Just just jump right into the fire. Yeah. Just 
all in. That's how. That's how. That's how I learn. Like that's why ease yourself in. So you probably had no idea how to drink it as well. Yes, you just did like straight <laughs> shots or what? Basically, like the first drink I had with my family was just a normal drink. You know, we just had one. I was just like, oh, I like I like it. It feels yeah, nice. And but the second time I started drinking, I just had the bottle of absinthe in my room, mm. and I had the glasses, and so I would pour myself a glass of absinthe. But you didn't do the water or the sugar cube. I didn't do the water. I didn't do the sugar cube. I just filled a full glass with absinthe. Oh, jeez. Yep. And I drank it really fast because it was <laughs> kind of harsh <laughs> for someone who's never drank before. Yeah. So I just drank it really fast, and. Before you knew it, I had like half the bottle down. And I'd never drank before, except mm-hmm. for once. Yeah. Which was just one drink. And eventually I called some friends who were like a couple towns over. Mm-hmm. They come and get me. And we spend the entire ride over to their place, uh, pulling over like every 10 feet. <laughs> so you can vomit. So I, I never actually did vomit. Oh. But I was like, oh, I'm going to, up, oh, up, oh, I'm going to, up, oh, up, oh, I'm going to. And Billy Joel was playing. Uh, and I remember singing the Billy Joel song that was playing long after the Billy Joel song was finished. Nice. So we finally get to this place. This is at the Mosher's place. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, I I don't know, maybe. And they're just like, maybe we should get you to a hospital. <laughs> and we, we got taken to uh, the doctor's office. And the doctor was just looking at me. And he was just shaking his head, no. Like, ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like it's like 2 a.m. or something like that. Like, uh, what are you doing? And uh, they gave me an IV. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, don't tell my parents. Don't tell my parents. Oh, my God. Don't tell my parents. And they're like, we're not going to tell your parents. We're not going to tell your parents. And I woke up the next morning, not a single bit of hangover. Well, that IV did it for you. Right. So, like, no lesson learned. and and now we have the scott that everyone knows and loves there we go so that's a nice story it was a good story that's that explains a lot about scott i think it's it it shows that uh i often have weird stances on things that nobody seems to understand but me Mm -hmm. and weird lines like i wouldn't drink at all until I turned 21. Mm-hmm. But then days after I turned 21, I had half a bottle of absinthe. Just because. I saw them do it on Get Them to the Greek. Yeah. And it looked like a fun time for them. Russell Brand's a well-entertaining fella. Mm-hmm. Little cheeky bastard. Little, little cheeky scamp he is. Yeah. If you could pick a language, like an accent, that you could have, just to make yourself... I don't know. Maybe more distinguished. Which would it be? What's a good distinguishing accent? Hmm. I don't know. Irish. I like like Irish and Scottish are, are fun. Yeah. They're kind of sing-songy. I go for an Irish accent. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do an Irish accent. I already talked about this on the dispatch, but my Irish accent is just uh, going, woo at the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> you have to uh, inflect up like everything's a question. Woo! We got email bug! <laughs> Blimey! Is that a thing Irish people say? Or is that I don't think that's Irish. That's uh, yeah. It's okay. British. 
pot of gold. Oi! <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do that. Okay. So I can't do I can't do accents. I can't do anything like that. And I have to. I'm stuck with this plain American accent, which is fine, I guess. I live with it. I feel like for some reason Americans are really bad at accents. <clears throat> you think? Well, it's because like if we didn't want to interact with somebody with an accent, mm-hmm. it's very easiest for us not to. Yeah. It's like in Britain, in like Europe, it's like the distance between here and Ohio is the difference between here and a country that speaks a whole different language. Right. So they have to deal with it a lot more. But Americans is like the worst that we're going to get is someone speaking Spanish or someone speaking French Quebecois. Quebecois? Quebecois? Quebecois. Quebecois. Is that where it is? Can you do a French accent better than you can do an no, Irish accent? I can't do shit. But you did say accents. Quebecois. I mean, nah. <laughs> Nothing. It's not good. Not going to work? Mm. I got, uh, Brian and I are, are fans of the city of Montreal. It's a nice place to visit. But they're, uh, it's deep in the heart of Quebec. So, like, you go to a store and pretty much everybody speaks French first. Um, if they, a lot of them will also speak English. So, if you, like, don't, obviously don't know what they're talking about, they'll switch. But, uh, we try to blend in and, like, do the, the French thing while we're there. Uh, I feel like the first time we visited, I did a little better than pre than later times. For some reason, I'm like I can't stick with one foreign language. I just like lump in bits from all the ones that I've taken classes about. So how does that sound? So like I'll try to speak in French, but it'll be Spanish instead. Like instead of we, I'm uh, I'm doing the C, gracias. And that's like, <laughs> they look at me like I'm an idiot. Or I'll throw a little German in there sometimes. Like they give you like I'm some like, food. The, They've been talking English to you this whole time. And you're like <laughs> me gusta. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I don't know why that's been harder to keep those separate. Though later, and while I had a, an easier time earlier. Well, they're all the they're all those romantic languages, right? The yeah. Italian, French. I don't know Spanish. any Italian. I took Spanish in high school. I took German in college, and then like I picked up French by accident along the way. Somehow, I don't know. Picked it up. It's on the street. <laughs> Not like a lot. Just like yes and thank you and we oui and uh, cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I wish I spoke French. If I had to pick a language, I think I would pick French, just because. Yeah, I speak French. What of it? That's kind of like the attitude that you have if you can speak French. Yeah, like if you speak Spanish, then you clearly speak Spanish because it's a practical language to learn. Mm-hmm. If you speak English, then well, you're just everybody else I know. Mm-hmm. But French, that means like, eh, what of it? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's not exceedingly practical. No. Maybe you go up to Quebec once yeah. in a while. Maybe you go to France. Maybe you go to Morocco. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Yeah. That's it. And it's good if you want to like read some existentialist philosophers in the original language they're in. But 
I don't think that's worth it. No. Just the same bullshit in different language. That's our review of Sarder. (laughs) 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 Maybe that should have been in the literary podcast. Yeah. Now we're talking about language. What's your favorite book besides Notes from the Underground? What's your favorite book published in the last 20 years? It's not Infinite Jest. No. Uh, See, I don't read a lot of modern literature. It's always got to be classics. I mean, that's just what what speaks to me, I guess. Or even like other books I enjoy, they're all, they're not in the last 20 years. They're all like 70s, 60s. That's true. There's a certain gulf, especially in like in the last, the very recent decades, because it's like millions times more published. It gets published now. But uh, I mean, I was, I was big into the Michael Crichton there in the the fourth grade. Yeah. So that was, that's like the, was that like the OG author you would like read? He, I I read a lot of his stuff. (coughs) Yeah. I did Robin Cook for a while. He was like a medical thriller kind of genre. This is like little Ian. Yeah. Like little tiny Ian. (laughs) (laughs) I love medical thrillers. (laughs) Yep. Not enough science. (laughs) <laughs> I remember when I was a kid I would read uh, like the first things I'm thinking of are like Shel Silverstein mm-hmm. you know it turns out that guy wrote cartoons for Playboy and stuff yeah, like that like that was his main gig yep it was just cartoons for Playboy and he wrote these genius freaking children's poems we've got a he, he did a record um, the Jenny Cash one no Boy Named Sue We've got it at the house. I can't remember. It's something. It's like freaking in the something show. And it's like. It's striking Pretty bells. raunchy. Like, yeah. Playboy produced kind of stuff. But it's like silly little songs that are just like real raunchy. <coughs> They're like your limericks. Yes. Yeah. You have a book of limericks you published with uh, with your darling wife, Bronwyn. Mm-hmm. And Emily. Mm-hmm. All about the, all about the different cities in Michigan. Yeah. And uh, the different raunchy things people do in them. Yes. It was a psychological kind of study into the heart of Michiganders. A lot of research went into it, I understand. A lot of surveys. Mm -hmm. A lot of historical research. But you guys crafted a fantastic little tome of limericks. We did. That was kind of when we met, right? That was the day we met. Yeah. Yeah. You guys had that. It was Valentine's Day. Mm Mm-hmm. You guys had a little booth. Yep. Set up selling dirty limericks. Yeah. Because that's how you do. We saw the Dixon do. Sold all those little limerick books, bought ourselves lunch. Fuck, yeah. That's true, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my God. Why haven't you guys made a second book? It was in the works. We just haven't gotten around to it. Just like... Uh, it's a free lunch. Just like my cult kitchen idea and all this other stuff we got to do. <coughs> Here's the thing. The books get you more money than the cult kitchen. True. We should be making we should maybe be making these books to fund Cult Kitchen. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, actually. Right? <laughs> Good. Well, do you think we can negotiate the license away from uh, Emily and Bronwyn purely for uh, Scottcast's sake? I don't know. We'll have to talk to them. They, wanna... they did the majority of the writing. I don't want to cut them in. I designed the cover. Okay. I mean, we could do the writing. We got. Uh, it's David, who's yeah. all about puns and shit. Yeah. 
We got me, who's demented in a certain way. And you're, 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 you, you play off like you, Mr. Straight Lace, but I can tell that there's a inner darkness in you mm-hmm. that's just struggling to come out in verse. So I think this should be a Scott Cass project. I'll get my lawyers on it. Yeah. I think if we're going to do it, we should start at 6.30 a.m. in a Walmart parking lot with a box of wine and some Pringles. Hell yeah. I'm, I can't. It actually sounds tasty. <laughs> like wine and Pringles. And why not drink it out of the can, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you just had a whole can of Pringles. Why not have a little bit of salty wine with it? Yeah. Really get it down. That actually sounds like a really good combo, you know? Like combos and Coca-Cola taste really good kind of thing. Mm. Uh, there's other things that taste good together. Coffee and a lot of things. Yeah. Coffee and most things. Taste good together. Pringle and Pringles and red wine. Bino. Bino Noir. Mm-hmm. Well, that's Scottcast, really. <laughs> what did we learn today? Oh, Jesus. What did we learn? We learned a lot. We were kind of all over the place today. We were all over the place, but I needed it. I've been, I've been in a, I've been working mm-hmm. all day, all night, and I just needed a, I just needed a little, just a little Scott Cast break. Yeah, and I'm glad that we're on a more regular schedule now, mm-hmm. and things are back. It's good to be place. back to the weekly thing. Yeah, I need it weekly. It's just the thing. So we learned that our audience doesn't appreciate being the old bait and switch thing going on. They don't we're appreciate pick a theme. Then we got to stick to the theme. Well. I guess, yeah. I mean, I thought we did stick to the theme very well. I mean, we had a question about writing. We had mm-hmm. we had a review of a fantastic little book that we might be involved with. The author soon now, you know? Yeah. That's relevant. I don't know what else we talked about. Maybe that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We didn't talk about anything we read. So, yeah. We, we go on a lot of tangents. We learned that. And that that's a strength and a weakness of Scott Cast. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. We definitely need to own our strength. Like mm-hmm. we are fantastic podcasters, particularly now we're both seasoned. Mm-hmm. We both have like the best silky smooth voices. We understand how to talk with the mic. We're fantastic hosts, mm-hmm. but this is still a couple extra miles to go before we really become godlike in the yeah. world of pods. But once we get there, mm-hmm, you know, expect that me undies money rolling in. <laughs> mm, what else was there? We learned that uh, the counterculture is an important part of our society. Yeah, but like they're also a little overblown. Yeah. Well, that's by nature of being counterculture. Yeah. Yeah. But we need them. It's an absolutely vital part to the human ecosystem mm. that we have certain humans. That was me. (laughs) It's an absolutely vital part to the human ecosystem that we have certain humans existing on the fringes, uh, skirting the rules, telling people that the constructs that are artificial really are artificial. Mm -hmm. And it's only a system of force that keeps things together the way they are. Mm -hmm. So on that, they are heroic. But other than that... They're just driving around a Walmart parking lot drinking wine out of a Pringles can. Yeah. At 6.30 in the morning. Oh, did you learn anything else? No. (laughs) 
That was it. Yeah. That's all. That is the Scott cast for this evening. Uh, email bag us at hotforscottcast at gmail.com. Reach out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you have thoughts on this episode, criticisms, etc., or ideas, or mm-hmm. purely pleas for attention and advice. So, fan favorite Ian Dixon, uh, uh, thank you for joining me in the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as ScottCast. I bid the adieu. See you later, Scott Castigators. Oh, yeah.